0: This is your Kick-Ass Life podcast, episode number 159. As a leader, are you looking for something bigger for yourself? I'm a huge fan of Seth Godin's work, and I want to tell you about his Alt-MBA workshop. It's an intensive leadership and management workshop designed for changemakers who have a fire in the belly. This is for people who are itching to level up and make a bigger impact. Four times a year, the workshop brings together over 100 leaders, people from different industries and areas of expertise. The end result, you're surrounded by other leaders who are moving to the top of their respective fields and helping to support each other to become stronger, cross-functional change agents. It's not about passively learning. It's about actively putting newfound concepts into practice until they become habit. The idea is to drink from the fire hose and rewire your brain to make new, better habits and have the platform to practice those habits. Over a 1,000 alumni have been through the Alt-MBA, and by the way, there are no lectures, no videos. It's rolling up your sleeves and working in groups with people who are equally in it to win it. They are now accepting applications for their upcoming session. To find out more, visit altmba.com forward slash your kick-ass life. And please tell them that I sent you.
1: This is the Your Kick-Ass Life
0: podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery
1: because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host the girl who serves it up
0: straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We are here with another listener Q&A show. I am so honored and excited and glad that you are here. I have started and stopped this recording. I think this is like my fourth try. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. It must be the moon cycles or my period cycle or something like that. Did you guys listen to the episode I did with Julie Parker? I think we were talking about that, about your moon cycle, syncing it up to your period cycle. I don't know. I've just had this like really weird... I mean, you guys know I struggle with anxiety disorder. It's so much better than it used to be. But every once in a while, it creeps back up on me. Totally unexplained. For those of you that have anxiety, you know that sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. It's just like this unwelcome house guest that comes and hangs out for a day or more. And I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I I woke up with it. And coffee never helps never helps. But I keep keep trying to think that I can just override that. But I am trying to take care of myself and I will be fine. But I, sometimes it helps if I just say it out loud. Like, I'm feeling weird. I'm feeling very uncomfortable. There, I said it. But... I am really excited to have my friend Courtney on today. We are answering some of your questions. Keep sending your questions. I love being able to answer your inquiries here on the podcast, and you can hit up the contact page on the website. I can't promise that I will answer every single question. I look for particular themes and things that I haven't talked about, etc., So please keep sending them. I love doing these episodes. They seem to be helpful for a lot of you. I get really good feedback from them. So thank you so much for being vulnerable and courageous and sending over your questions. Also, if you want updates from me via text message, About twice a month, no more than twice a month, I send out updates on any free workshops that I have. Or if I'm about to close registration on a class that you might not have heard about, you might have missed it, then you can simply text the word updates to 444 999, and I'm going to be sending out an update shortly here within the next couple of weeks about a free workshop I have coming up. So again, it's only twice a month. I will not be blowing up your phone with a bunch of emojis and things like that. That might be fun though. Maybe if I don't have anything going on, I could just send out like a thumbs up emojis. Like hope you're having an awesome day. Maybe I'll do that. At any rate, I want to introduce you to my friend Courtney. She was on the recovery series. She was my episode two. She was my very first guest on the recovery series. If you caught that and she one of my very best friends. We are answering some questions about the inner critic and some other things. So I'm just going to jump right in without further ado. Here is Courtney and myself answering your cues. So, hey, Courtney.
1: <laughs> hey, Andrea.
0: <laughs> well, as I was telling people before uh, in the intro that I love these listener Q&A, episodes and people write in and they ask questions and I get to answer them. And I think I did one episode by myself, but I just feel like things are always better with friends. So I bring my friends on to get their take on some things too. Excellent. I'm glad to be here. It's the hazard, I guess, of having life coaches as friends. They're really smart. <laughs> <laughs> no things. <laughs> Get ready. Well, and I, you know, I don't know if we've talked about this before. This has nothing to do with the questions that people ask, but I've been having a conversation with my listeners about growing out my gray hair. Have I talked to you about this yet? No. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) I'm liking the sound of this a lot though. Go on. (laughs) Well, I don't even know Uh, this about you. Do you dye your hair? I, I highlight it, but I don't really have that. I mean, this is actually, I feel really great. I'm like, I don't know why I feel great. Like it doesn't even matter. But for some reason, something that I do not have is um, much gray hair. Like when she was doing my highlights the other day, I said, so is there a lot of gray? And she goes, what are you talking about? I was like, really? Okay. So for
0: my listeners, if you go Google right now, Courtney Webster, you'll see how beautiful she is. And you are, can I say how old you are? Yeah. You're 50. I know. And well, I started going gray when I was 25. Really? Yes. My hairdresser found my first gray. I will never Uh forget it. I was 25 and I didn't believe her. I'm like, no, you are lying. And so she pulled it out and showed me and it was white and it was not blonde. It was white. And so I asked my mom, I told my mom, I was probably crying when I called her. And she's like, yeah, that's yep. about when I started going gray. Oh and yeah. And I've met your mom and your mom's not that gray or does she color her hair?
1: I can't talk about what my mom does
0: Because <laughs> your mom, your mom is beautiful. Like I met your mom. I was like, wow, dang. So <laughs> She's a beauty. She is yes. a beauty. Great genetics. And yeah. Okay. So I thought about growing it out mm-hmm. because... Well, a few reasons. I'm like, I'm just tired of getting it done. And, you know, I'm mad at at the patriarchy for making gray hair bad. And I'm going to be this voice for, you know, granny hair. Don't care. Oh, (laughs) so I talked to my hairdresser about it. I told everybody on Instagram. I told everybody on the podcast and I didn't promise anything. I wasn't like, this is what I'm going to do. I just I told everyone that it's something I've just been thinking about. And I don't think I'm ready.
1: (laughs) Well, of course you're not ready if you're calling it granny hair. That's not, I didn't make that up. That's like a hashtag that's popular. I know, but if people use that, it just seems like it kind of it makes it like this pejorative kind of, you know what I mean? I think I love looking at like natural mm-hmm. like gray and white hair. I just think it's I think I think it's awesome. I, really I do like too. It. So just last week I was at whole foods and there was a woman,
0: we were both getting coffee and she was standing next to me and I look over at her and she had probably like shoulder length. It was just past her shoulders and it was white. It was whitish gray. Mm-hmm. And And it was styled nice. And I told her, I'm like, I love your hair. And you could tell she was like kind of surprised. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she said thank you. And she was she was very kind. And so we started talking about it a little bit. And um, she said that she looked like she was probably probably in her early 50s, not that much older than me. And I think that what she was saying was that she got some slack for it. You know, long story short, that people were like, what are you doing?
1: Like, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no don't do that don't do that so yeah it's been a really interesting conversation that I've had with several people and it I get some reactions where people are almost a little angry <laughs> like not angry but d- like like they feel betrayed like other women
1: what do you mean like if which which way same same like
0: kind of like I'm defecting uh, like <laughs> against this group because Kate I had Kate on. Uh-huh. And you know, Kate, very well. Yep, and yep. she was like, she, she said when I told her, her immediate reaction was like, oh, shit, is this something that oh, I'm going to have to do? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Like, in other words, don't start the trend, Andrea. <laughs> right. Because then there's going to be some, some kind
1: of like moral imperative that, that we have to follow or sometimes somehow. Right.
0: Like that whole like no makeup selfie thing that was popular a few years ago and people feel like obligated and or like you're not a real woman unless you don't wear makeup. Like that's not what I would be saying at all. Like I'm I'm doing it just for just because mostly just because I'm tired of getting it done. And then I changed my mind. What do you want your hair? Do you you want to have like shoulder length? Do you want it to be long? What do you want? I don't think I could get, let go of the length. And I just want Uh it to be, and I want it to be this really beautiful silver, which who knows what's under there. I might not have that. I know. I might have this like drabby gray that I'm still going to have, that I'm still going to want to have. What do they call it? They do something to it. Um, they enhance it. I think that's what they say. They, I don't know. Like toner or something like that. So. Glitter magic fairy dust <laughs> to make it look beautiful. And I was following Unicorn this dust. woman on Instagram who's got really beautiful hair and she's, she's probably our age. And, and they were laughing at the hair salon because she says that there's no color on it. And he said, if nothing else, that's her Instagram filter. That's making her hair look that amazing. He's like, I have no doubt that it looks good in person, but it doesn't right. look like that. Is, mm. And that there was another one of his hairdressers. She's like, I, I think she has enhancements on there. That's not natural color. No one's hair color looks <laughs> that good. Naturally.
1: Yeah, it depends. I mean, it really depends on how the, um, Like my, my sister-in-law, she used to have like black hair and then she was like, forget it. I'm doing it. And it looked so good. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's salt and pepper, but she's, she looks super youthful. I mean, it, it looks fantastic. I think yours would look fantastic.
0: I, I, it, and it's one of those things that you have to commit like you right. can't just let it grow out for three months and then get the full effect of what it's actually going to look like all around your face. Right. So I don't know. I, I didn't realize it was going to be such a big decision and I didn't realize it was going to evoke so much opinion and emotion in women. It, I think I, I, I knew hair was a big deal. I just didn't know this was such a big deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Does it seem like I, because I'm like, wait a minute, am I having a big reaction? Does it seem like I have a big reaction to it? No. Okay. But I mean,
0: maybe it's because you're not, you're hardly gray at
1: all. Right. So I don't have, like, I don't have a horse in the race. (laughs) (laughs) I got other stuff, sister.
0: We can cry, Right. right. Don't we all. Don't we all. Speaking of, speaking of other Mm -hmm. stuff. Okay. All right. So I have three questions this week to answer from our beloved listeners, two of them kind of piggyback off of each other, and one of them is separate. So I'm going to read these two first, and and we'll answer them. So Karen asks, she says, I don't know how to phrase it. You finally decide to make a radical change or take a huge risk towards something big. How do I overcome the resulting fear and doubt and keep the momentum? And Diane asks right after her, she said, adding to that issue that Karen asked and how to not go into quote unquote avoidance or stall mode when your inner critic starts in on your big change, resulting in you not proceeding with your plan. Here, here, I'll, I'll talk about, let me, let me talk about Karen's question first and you know, she's asking about take, you know, you make, you make a decision to make this radical change and take a huge risk towards something big. And, and let me just, you know, kind of preface it by saying that could be leaving a relationship. It could be starting a new business. It could, that's what I'm making up like that when she's talking mm-hmm. about a radical change or dyeing her hair gray, like I have no idea. Right, right, right. <laughs> the first thing I thought of when I heard that question is to think about the why, like how does this radical change? line up with your values. And I know a lot of people listening, maybe have never even done values work. And we can talk about that too, a little bit, but you know, it's like, you're, you're probably not just making this radical changes for fun or like an experiment. There's good reason. So I, I always think about like, write it out. Like, why are you doing this? Why is this going to be awesome for you in the long run or the short run? Why is it going to be awesome for other people? Why is it going to make you feel good, et cetera, et cetera. What do you
1: think? Totally. Totally. That's just what I thought It's just to get super clear on, on what you're doing, on, on what you're doing is going to give you mm-hmm. right. So really see the vision, like what's so important about it. What's it going to be like to kind of create, Oh, when I do this thing, this is what my life, this is what I'm hoping for. This is what I want. it, This is what I want to feel like. This is how I'm going to act. This is what's going to be possible. Like when I'm doing this, then I can do that. Like not to get too far ahead of it, but just to make it more real, the thing that you're working towards to kind of give it that like juice. So you're like, yeah, I want that.
0: Yeah. That sounds exactly like what, what we do in coaching, you Right. Know, get people, right. get people to think about the process of it and the experience of it. And I like that you said that. So it's, it's not so much like the thing it's what we want on the other side. It's usually the feeling that we want on the other side and, or the experience of having done it.
1: Yeah. Or just feeling like, Oh my God, I finally did that thing. That's been making me, you know, like I I finally had the courage. I finally like, so it's this person that we're becoming. It's like, I feel like that's the thing. Like who is the person? And I know it sounds so coachy, but it's like, who's the person you're really wanting to be mm-hmm. when you do that thing? Like who will you have become when you've done that thing?
0: Yeah. I, I, I experienced this when I wrote my first book and I felt like, Once I did it, it was sort of like this like clunk in the bucket. Like, oh, that's it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I think I don't know what I was expecting, but but when I really sit back and think about it what I wanted from that whole experience wasn't so much the book. It was, it was, I wanted to, and this, I know this is very, very selfish, but like we do things a lot of times like we're selfish creatures, but I wanted to be like, to, to use your words, I wanted to be the person who actually did what she said she wanted to do, like did what she said she was going to do. Cause it was something I wanted to do since I was little. And even if it, didn't work out, even if I didn't get a publishing deal, like I wanted to still write it because I knew I had the option to self-publish as well, which is so amazing that people can do that nowadays. And I think it's such a great, great option, but I wanted to, I wanted to actually do it. I wanted to hold it in my hand and, and have, you know, people that cared about me be proud of me. And, and I got that, I got all of that. But I think sometimes when we have these big goals, I don't know. I think sometimes they can, they can feel, I don't, I, and this is some people's experience. Like there's a little bit of a letdown. So I think too, yeah. this is sort of a side note is to think about mm-hmm. like, w- what are you expecting? Because I didn't even know what I was expecting. Like, right. I think I thought, cause it was such a big deal that like the heavens would open up and mm-hmm. yeah, it was like, okay, so now what? And, and there's also, you know, we could go talk about leaning into the joy and stuff like that, but
1: I think that too. It's, it's getting really clear on what's the purpose. Yeah. And there's this, this is another kind of like side note, but I think it's a, it, it has helped me when I've <clears throat> done the, done the big thing is to build in, uh, like three, like I'm giving myself, I'm going to do this thing and I'm kind of freaked out by it. And I, and I've been holding out, not doing it because I'm scared. I'm going to like mess it up or I'm not going to do it perfectly. Or if there's, you know, there's some fear because that's what Karen's talking about. Like there's some fear, So give yourself permission to say, you know what? I am probably going to fuck this up a little bit, Mm -hmm. like three times. So I'm giving, I'm giving myself three mistakes. In fact, and and I hate making like, I hate making mistakes, you know? And yet I decided like, you know what? some is going to happen. I'm going to build it in. And when it happens, instead of having me go, see, this is why, and giving all that fear, like the opportunity to go, see, this is why you don't do this thing to go. Okay. There was one of the mistakes. Yep. Okay. I did it. And not only like, so there's already some like built in permission, but this is kind of the the crazy part that I did that actually really helped is instead of assigning Oh shit to it. It's like awesome because that means Fucking doing it, uh-huh. so that like, the mistake was a sign that I was actually doing the thing that I wanted to do, rather than saying staying stuck and feeling really crappy.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So it's kind of flipping it. Do you know what I mean? Yes,
0: yes. I think that's great because I have a lot of perfectionists who listen to this podcast, and and the thing you know, and I talk about this a lot with my clients. You know, we work a lot on on vulnerability and putting yourself out there in in so many different instances. You know, vulnerability can look different in different areas of your life, and. I think one of the reasons people are so afraid to do big things and make these radical changes is because they worry about, like you were just saying, you know, like, what if I get my butt kicked out there? What if I make Mm -hmm. mistakes and people find out about it? Because it's not always just not not always just about knowing our own personal mistakes that we make, but other people know about them, too. Right. We might fail. It might not work out at all. Your business might fail. You are trying to set a boundary with someone and it goes terribly wrong. And the thing is, is that, I, I, again, this is very, we're, we're just going to have like a cliche life coachy episode here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm only in. failure is not trying at all. <laughs> uh-huh. right. It's cliche, but cliches are that way because they are so true. And I think that we just really need to remember that it is really only a failure if you don't do anything at all, if you don't make the radical changes that your heart is telling you to, if you don't take these huge risks towards something big, because and I'm not saying that like everyone listening needs to do those things. But it sounds like Karen asked the question because she's thinking about (laughs) making a radical change or doing something big or she did and something you know, not great happened as a
1: result. You know, there's another part, I think that's kind of like this, another side to this is, you know, we talked about like, well, what's the vision? What do you, how, how, who are you going to be? How's it going to feel? What's going to be possible when you do it? I think it can be really helpful also to to ask those same questions if you don't do it. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to feel about yourself if you don't make that change. I mean, cause there's something that's calling you. So what if, what if you don't do it? How are you going to feel like in a, a year goes by and you haven't done it? How are you going to be feeling about yourself? What's going to be happening in your life? What's going to be possible? Ask yourself those questions too, because it can, it, sometimes you need something to pull you towards it. And sometimes you need something to like, push you away from it. Like, yeah. Oh man, that is not how I want my life to be. So I don't care. I, I will withstand cause there's going to be pain. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're like, we're humans. We're hardwired to away from pain. Yet when we get out of our comfort zone, that's where the pain is, but that's where the growth is. Right.
0: Yes. And I, it depends on how you're motivated and I'm glad you did that. Cause I asked myself that question too. I asked myself that question when I was considering trying out for roller derby several years ago mm-hmm. and I, I imagined myself, uh, me and my kids seeing it one day and, and, and me oh, saying yeah. out loud, like, I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to play on a roller derby team and then have them ask me like, why didn't you? And like, what is my answer going to be? Because I was scared because I didn't feel like I was good enough because I felt like I was too old. Like to me, that's just like, let me just give you children, you know, (laughs) here's some terrible life lessons.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not as I say do as I, right. Not as right. I say, do it, whatever, you know, Yes, like,
0: yeah. so and as that, I was, say that was motivating for, for me to, to actually try out and, and, and do it. And I did it. And I'm I'm glad that I did. And, and that's not to say like, I conquer like every goal. I mean, there, I've had plenty of goals that I've wanted to do and I haven't done where I will have that conversation with my kids. Like I didn't, cause I was scared, you know, like, I didn't that. go to Australia when I was in college because a boy didn't want me to go. And, you know, like I have, I have plenty of those stories too, that don't, I didn't make, um, a decision that served me, but yeah. Well, you
1: get to learn from those two, for sure. Absolutely. I mean,
0: for sure. All right. So, and then Diane's question, piggybacking, when she talks about yeah. how to not go into avoidance or stall mode when your inner critic starts in on your big change. And, you know, I, I think that everyone has those gremlins, inner critics slash saboteurs who, right. Here's, here's what happens. What I see over and over again, you first have the voice that tells you can't do that. You're too old, you know, not smart Mm -hmm. enough. Like all of these things that are, that manifest as excuses for us to not do things. And then we get up enough courage and guts to go after it. And we're like, I'm going to do it anyway. I listened to that podcast episode with Andrea and Court. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to do it. And then you start to go in and then the voices sometimes change to, Oh, well, who do you think you are? Like yeah. you're not good enough for that. And, and it's, it's like still, they're still there. So I just, I want to just normalize it first and foremost that we mm-hmm. all have it. And this is something we learned at the coaches training Institute, um, that anytime you're onto something big, anytime you do go after a big change, that's when our inner critics get the loudest. So you right. could use that as a barometer, like, Oh, okay. I must be on to something big, but a lot of people use that to stop
1: and quit. Right. 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 Yeah, it's changed. Its job is to stop us from changing. That's mm-hmm. it. To keep us safe. Right? Yeah. Right. I think that um I think that there can be something here like we talk about like the vision, what happens if you don't, but breaking it down into like small steps and having accountability as you go along. I think that I mean, I think that's, can be key because you've okay. I'm gonna do it. I listen to the podcast, and now and so and you do the first step, and then I mean, just know, like you're saying, Andrea, like that that saboteur, gremlin, whatever is gonna come in and be like, nope, at every step. Like uh-huh. it's you're gonna get momentum, just like doesn't mean you're gonna be beaten up by it the whole time, but especially in the beginning, it can, it can be, it can keep showing up. So how to have some accountability, like what's the next small step I can do and to, and to, and to have a friend, have a coach, have somebody that you have accountability with so that you're like, okay, I'm just doing the next thing. And and it kind of can take some of the chatter away. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that when we, when we, um, like declare our intention and then have the actions, it takes, it takes the decision out. I sometimes talk about you want to take as much decision making out of whatever this changes that you're making um, because you've already made the big decision. So then make a couple of choices like, okay, I'm going to do this, that, and this by this time. And I'm going to let this person know. And then you're not in that place where you can play with the saboteur. where you are like, well, should I do it today? Or should, what should I do? Or what's the next step? Because we can just stay lost in that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. I, I, I know what you're saying from experience
0: and I, I do that to I, accountability is so huge. I, I, I mean, that's, that's the, that's so much of what coaching is, is the accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the first questions we learned to ask our clients is when they declare something and commit to something is when will you do it and how will I know?
1: Yeah.
0: Because, and, and then there's usually like silence at the other end of like, Oh shit. Right. <laughs> we're not fucking around anymore <laughs> right come on it's one of my favorite conversations to have with people too and it's it's so scary but but it is and of course it has to be someone that you trust and and there has to be really great communication there and i love too what you said about breaking it down into smaller bite-sized pieces because if you if you bite off the whole thing like who mm-hmm. can do that i, I mean right. maybe tony robbins
1: but <laughs> right. He's got a, he's got a cast of thousands that are helping him though. You know, right. he makes us think that he, he can, but I just, I, I,
0: people have asked me so many times, like, how did you write that book with, you know, a, a coaching practice and two little kids and, you know, running a household. And I just say, like, I wrote it one word at a time. Like if mm-hmm. I I, I kind of look at it as like planning a big, huge wedding. If anyone's planned a big event or a big wedding, you know, you ha- you, you have a year or something and then you break it down and work backwards. Okay. Like I need to have this done by this date. I mean, this is like smart goals 101, right? Isn't right. that what this is? Right, right. You know, and that's what I'm, I'm something I'm really good at. And I know a lot of my listeners love control. That's why I love when I sign up for some kind of race, like a triathlon or something, I love, um, the, the program schedule. Like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to work up to this. And I, I love having something to kind of work up to. And that's exactly what any goal or big change can be too. We look at the whole thing sometimes and it's too overwhelming.
1: Yeah. You know, the, sometimes um, when I work with clients, we'll say like, okay, so what, so right now, like whatever the situation is, like, give it one to 10, where are you? And they're, it's like, it's a three, it's a five. Okay. So what's that look like? What's that feel like? Okay. So the thing you're wanting to do, if it's at a, eight or no, whatever. So say it's an eight. What does an eight look like, feel like what's going on? Okay. What's halfway, Uh what does halfway look like and feel like, and what things might you need to, and I mean, this is where you definitely working with a coach would, would help. But even if you just want to do it on your own, just to really like pen to paper and say like, what things might get in my way? What, Uh what challenges might I have to navigate around? Is it, you know, you know, well, you know what, I've got my kids schedule and it's just too much, or there's, you know, other work stuff going on, or there's something going on in your relationship or family or whatever it is. Like, what are the things that you might have as challenges? And then how can you figure out a way around those prepare for it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
0: That reminds me of what do you need to say yes to and no to, because right. sometimes when we're adding more, you know, cause we can get all pumped up on the phone, you know, like, we're like yeah, I'm going to add this on and yeah, it's a five, it's a six. And then when you actually look at it logistically, mm-hmm. you're like, I am going to die. If I take I this that, right. I can't take any more on my plate. So then becomes the question, well, then what do you need to let go of? What do you
1: mm-hmm. need to say no to? Yeah, Ugh, you know, can I can I tell you other um like coaching things since we're having like coaching? Yes. Stuff. Okay, <laughs> so here's two other things. Like, let's give everybody just like let's like fill up their tool belt or their 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 tool chest. So here are a couple other ones. What like sometimes like having that carrot like okay, what's a celebration? Like, what's something you're going to give yourself, reward yourself, or you know, so you can have a carrot leading you to something. Um, You can also have a stick, which sometimes helps me. In fact, I would love it, it to have helps. a piece of cake. Okay. Then you get to have a piece of cake when you do that thing. <laughs> like a <carrot>. I, I <laughs> Okay. Cake or stick. So the stick, I wanted to, um, oh whenever I went to the, I don't did I tell you this, Andrew? Like every time I went to the dentist uh, for a teeth cleaning that I would before, like a week before I would go, Oh, I haven't been flossing. Oh, is this
0: your Donald Trump flossing story? Yes, This is so great. Okay. Yes. Tell the story, please. Okay.
1: So, so you get your teeth um, cleaned, and they're like, "Well, you really could floss a little bit better." So you leave, and you're like, "My teeth are clean. I'm gonna floss. I'm gonna floss a <laughs> day, and then you do for a week, and then you stop, and then it's time to go back and get them cleaned. You're like, ah! So then you start flossing them for like a week before, and you I do it the morning you... of, <laughs> right, right, and you think, "I'm good. I'm good." They're gonna say, "Yo, you've been flossing," and I just, I really wanted to go one day and have the hygienist go wow, have you been flossing? And I thought the only way to do that was to actually floss every single day. I wanted to experiment. Cause I also kind of thought, are they, do they always give you shit? Like, are they ever going to say, Oh, your gums are looking really good. You wanted to
0: know, like, can they really tell?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So I was like, I'm going to do it. And this was like a while ago, but I thought if I don't, this was the stick. I have to contribute to, you know, pick whatever the thing is you don't want to contribute to. But for me, it was, I was going to have to contribute to, um, Donald Trump's election campaign. And I was just like, I'm not doing that. So I flossed every damn day. It was incredible. And when I went back, she was, wow, I can really tell. So then I kind of fell off the wagon because everything with the election, because got out. elected anyway. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> sure. um, and so now I have, and so I, I was anyway, I'm doing it again. But now it's money to um, the NRA. I don't want to donate money to the NRA. So I still have it. And I'm flossing every night, every night. And every night it's like, Oh, do no, I'm not going to do that. And it's only $5. And it's only me. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, nobody's watching. My husband's not keeping track. There's no chart anywhere. But it's just for me to keep me honest and to do the thing that I want to do. I do the thing I want to do because I don't want to do that other thing.
0: I think, I think that's so awesome. And I would, here's how it would work for me, because okay. I think you I think you might be a little bit more self-disciplined and self-motivated than I am. So here's, here's what would happen. I can already tell you. So I would either forget or, or just blow it off one day. And then I would feel so guilty. I would yeah. donate the $5 and then it would be so Ugh. incredibly painful to do that. That would get yeah. me going again. So I would take the punishment. Mm -hmm, (laughs) It's -hmm. like to get the spanking in order to like know how much it hurts. I would do more than five dollars though.
1: Well, go for it.
0: Um I'll just not floss. But the, okay, so, and it's funny because I just went to the dentist last week and my, my dental hygienist is, she used to be my neighbor. So we're, mm-hmm. we're personal friends. And I've, I, I know that they know, they know. Like there's a right. funny meme that was going around. It's like a dental hygienist and she's holding some floss and she's like, have you flossed lately? And then the guy has like blood all over his face and he's all, it's been a while. Why do you ask? <laughs> and oh my god so no she and i always just tell her um i'm like i haven't been flossing me at flossing so you can just you can get you can lecture me and it's fine so we have like kind of a joke about it but yeah i always floss the morning of and Uh they can tell (laughs) Uh (laughs) i think they're so good they can just tell by your breath
1: well they say they can tell because the tissue what the tissue looks like. They can even tell before they do anything because they can tell if there's like a little puffiness in mm. the in the getting <laughs> no, all Everyone technical. knows about my gums.
0: <laughs> I actually just ordered those, um, totally different topic. I actually ordered the the Reach because I still have my wisdom teeth. So mm-hmm. for me to get way back there, I it like hits my gag reflex and it's just not <laughs> Fun and all. <laughs> like throwing up, but it's, it's really, I can't even fit my knuckles all the way back there. So anyway, they gave me this like handy dandy thing where you like clip these disposable things on. And then I ran out of the refills. So yeah. So is it the gum chucks? Did you get that? It might be. I don't know.
1: I'll they're like kids, they're on little sticks.
0: Yeah. And, and, it, and it, it's hard to explain. It looks like a little, like the capital letter D and it like clips on and then you can like easily get back in there.
1: Oh, all right. There's one for kids called gum chucks that are kind of cool too. They're on little sticks, like yes. instead of they're gum okay. chucks, they're chucks. Okay. So I just ordered
0: it from Amazon just literally the other day and they're, they're here and I'm, I'm going to start again, but uh, yes, it's, it's like the, how did we get on this topic? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you were
1: doing stick. tools in the toolbox. The stick. the stick. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and there's, I have one other tool. Can you ready for this one? I am. All right. So I I I don't know. This kind of came up, but it was like, oh, I told you that I want to be a fit old person, and I I, I realized talking about this before. Yeah. So in order to be a fit old person, I need to be a fit now person, which means I need to start doing something. And then somehow I was talking with my coach, and I don't know how it popped in my mind, but I was like, oh, what if when I go and do that thing, go spin, go to yoga, whatever, go for the walk, that it's actually like a date. With my future self. Mm-hmm. With your future old lady, granny hair? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, like, she's like, come on. Come on. I don't know. So there's some... It's it's like corny, but there's something kind of like cool about it for me that like I am going and doing that thing that is hard or scary or that I just don't want to do or I'm lazy, like
0: mm-hmm. to
1: actually have it be connected to that that place I want to be mm-hmm. and actually... Oh, it's it's kind of working.
0: I like that. I... That to me reminds me of because I started contributing to my retirement again. I didn't for a while, for a few years, probably right around the time I started my business. I was like, I can't. And then I remembered suddenly that I hadn't been contributing at all. So I started contributing again. And then I did some math. They have these calculators online, you guys, where you can go. It's scary. But if you're I just felt, you know, I'm 42. I'm like, I need to, I need to look at this. It's, it's, I, I want to. So I went, there's this cal- calculator and you punch in these numbers and they're like, if basically it's like, if you want to have the lifestyle that you have right now and retire, here's how much you need to be. And it asks you all these other questions too, about your finances. It, Here's how much you need to be contributing every month in order to have what you want. And it was not what I've been contributing. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that was interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's what how I've been looking at it like it's it's for the benefit of my future self but when I was 25 that was so far off like Mm -hmm. it was just not I mean even to think about my 42 year old self was so far off to think about my 65 year old self no thank you right so but but you know and it's not to say if you're listening you know you should feel badly about it I think that I went through a whole like inner critic shitstorm around around that too but Just wanted to like tag on to what you were saying about, yes, it is a date with my future self and my future self will thank me because like I have one regret that I wish that my 25-year-old self would have done better is put better sunscreen on my neck and my chest because now my 42-year-old self is going, dang, really wish I would have put sunscreen on (laughs) because things are changing. I put it on my face really well, but not – I
1: don't know why. I just – didn't,
0: didn't as much. So
1: it it's, never it's, it's made like sense that. because it always in the directions that would say like, even with cream, like put cream on your face and neck. And I've, I've been putting cream on like moisturizer, like religiously since I was like nine or 10, which is kind of weird, but I always have. And my face is, I, I my face is really youthful. Mm-hmm. Um, my neck, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, that weird thing starting to happen to my neck. And I, I never put the cream on my neck. And I'm like, oh, if I only I have such an ex- I have such like uh, evidence from what happens if you put it on your face and not. on your. Neck <laughs> Damn face. you. Cream oh, directions. Yeah, it didn't make sense, though. Why would you put it on your neck? What? Uh, and then the you're, de- you're not de- thinking about it. <laughs> is that yes. what they call it? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Not fancy. All right. Right. Oh, this is what
0: happens when you have your friends on your podcast. You end up talking about neck cream. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's, let's do, let's talk about the last question that Stephanie asks. So this is switching gears a little bit. This is such a great topic that I think so many people can relate to. She says, how do you stop yourself from obsessing or overanalyzing something that someone said to you or replaying situations or conversations in your mind? How do you let it go when it's something not worth asking the other person about or clarifying with that i feel like in today's world especially with texting it is so easy to assume someone is mad at you when they just text back with an emoji thumbs up or worse the letter k the dreaded letter k (laughs) she says how do you stop turning something into a big deal in your head when most likely they were just tired stressed or too busy to think of a better response what do you have to say about that
1: me (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was part of like the last thing to ever question. Like, so what do you have to say about that? <laughs> a challenge. Okay. Okay. So here's what I say about that. Like, well what, how about if you're assuming something, how about if you just assume that they weren't mad at you? <laughs> like the best possible news? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you're, cause you're making, you're making something up. Yes. You're making up that they're mad. So why not just make up that they're not?
0: Hmm. Yes, I, I, I agree. And I when I was taking notes about this, that's exactly what I put too. and and I've talked about this on the podcast, but I'm, I'm going to repeat it again, because I think it's it's mind blowing for so many people. And that's the brain science from it. And I learned this when I was in training. So the work I do, I'm certified in Brene Brown's work. It's called The Daring Way. And then they added on training when she came out with the book Rising Strong. The research shows us that our brains make up stories all day, every day, and our brain's pleasure center is rewarded when we come up with a conclusion to a story that we don't know the answer to. And our brains don't care if that story is true or false, just that there is a conclusion, there's an ending to this story. So again, the, the pleasure center is rewarded. <laughs> so what's happening with Stephanie and probably anyone listening is that it, it, there's something about our brains that just comes to this conclusion of like, oh, they're mad at us or, all kinds of different stories. You can make up all kinds of different stories. And I think even just knowing that, even knowing that your brain is just doing its job, just having that awareness that you don't know what actually happened. And, and then sometimes maybe we go down the rabbit hole of like, but what is it? But I like that. Like, what if it was just nothing?
1: Well, yeah, because this kind of sounds like, how do you overanalyzing something that someone said, like, like a K or so like, so you get the K or you get the thumbs up her mind is going to, Ooh, mm, I think there's something might be wrong. Why not just go, Oh, great. I got a thumbs up. I got a K mm-hmm. assign a different meaning, maybe assign a different meaning to what a thumbs up and a K means. I always think a thumbs up is good. Like I, I actually, <laughs> too. some people, I know, I know that K It definitely is charged for people. I,
0: <laughs> I, to be perfectly honest, I do it to my husband when I am not Okay. <laughs>
1: Right. Right. So it's not okay. It's Full just a K. It's kind of like, it's like, okay, fuck off.
0: Right. <laughs> I hate you. That's what it means. No. But I'll say, okay, if it's really okay, but if it's yeah. okay, yeah. and I don't do it very often, he does it when things are okay. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's not that hot or cold, whereas right. I'm a little different.
1: Right. Well, I think there's a part of this too, that, that can be to check in on because this is where like, how, how often does she do that? Like maybe check in with yourself. Is there some passive aggressive stuff showing up in your world where you give a thumbs up or say, okay, when you really want to say fuck off or no, it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe like check, there might be room there to kind of check what your motives are, how you show up. Yeah. Because if, if you are, then, of course, you're going to think other people are doing that. And if and 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 conversely, if you're not, if when you do a K and a thumbs up and it really is OK, give that other person the benefits out. That. That's what they're doing, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: I also think that it's OK to ask the other person. So if it's if it's actually a person who's close to you mm-hmm. and you feel really triggered by that. I think it's okay just to, to request and say, can you not like that letter is really triggering for me? Can, can you only use that if you actually are upset and that'll be like our code word to have a conversation? You know what I mean? It's just, Mm -hmm. I think that communication, clear communication solves so many problems. If you just ask kindly for what you need and
1: I don't know, what do you think? Yeah. No, I think that, I think that with people that you have, you know, relationships, I mean, communication is like, here we go. Like it's two way street, right? You've got to like make sure that what you're saying is landing. Um, but I think that she's, she's, she kind of is like grinding on some of the stuff, like maybe more than she needs to. Um, and so I wonder if she just, uh, like if she just believed them, just believed that whatever they're saying is, and here's the other, I guess here's the other part she's working too, she's working too hard. Um, you know what I mean? Like she's working too hard. And how about, like you said, leaving the responsibility with the other person, if they, if they have an issue, let them come to you and say, you know what, that didn't feel good. Or just like you said, like set up the code or just come back, circle back. But she's doing all the work and trying to figure out, are they upset? Are they upset? Are they upset? Like Mm -hmm. forget it. Just let them, if if they've got an issue and it can be, I mean, I think it's a good sign of like, healthy relationships in your life. If you can be letting go, like she said, just letting go of having to do that churn of if everything's okay and trusting that the people that you have those relationships with will come back to you and say, you know, this isn't okay. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm not, I'm not happy with this or I'm pissed or whatever and not have to do all the work for them.
0: Yeah. And I just, I, I not ever, like you were saying, it's two way street. Not everyone is A healthy communicator, and I would even venture to say, like most people are not. And it's you know, for me personally, it's been something that I have had to learn, and still sometimes I struggle with, especially the people that I'm the closest to. So, what I've actually in my marriage, I call it out, and we we have started to do it to each other, and it's it's never easy to be on the receiving end of being called out. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, it was just a few weeks ago. My, my husband said something, I don't even remember what it was, but I said, are you being passive aggressive? (laughs) And he goes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay. And that was honestly the end of the conversation because it was, it would sort of diffused the whole thing. So it was out in the open, like, like he knew that I knew that he was mad and I knew, you know, it's like, okay, let's just not being passive aggressive i don't think is the best way to communicate but let's just like say what it is and then i don't know it just it it was helpful i think it's it's like baby steps in into the direction of of choosing love and choosing because to have healthy communication is really vulnerable it's right. it's the easy way to just say k it's the easy way to be passive aggressive
1: well, it's easy, like it's easy in the moment, but it just, I think it just takes a toll. I think Absolutely. it takes a toll on the person who both the giver and the receiver, you yeah. know, it's just, it's not, it's not a, it's not a winning situation. And then those things just kind of pile on each other, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So if you've got a relationship with someone and you're not being clean uh, with your communication, then the next time, you know, you do the K or they do the K or they take, Oh, can I bring anything? You go, Oh no. Like, It's just all of a sudden the wires start to get crossed and then you don't even know why you're so pissed at that person when they didn't return a phone call or didn't go to the party or, you know, whatever the thing is, because there's just so many layers of like unresolved and like not clean, honest communication. So many unresolved K's. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I want to say one more thing to Stephanie, too, because I know we kind of got off on a a side tangent about communication. Mm -hmm. But I think in terms of, you know, how do you let it go? I think that I don't know if it's so much of a letting it go as a like I was mentioning a few minutes ago. And, and we were both talking about, think about what is the story you're making up. And to take that a step further, what is the story you're making up about yourself? Because I would venture to guess that you're making up that you are doing it wrong. Like what happens when you make up these stories is that it's not just like a sh- short story. It ends up being like this long <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> soliloquy about ourselves. And that's what, that's what made me curious too when she asked that question of... When you get that thumbs up or you are replaying a conversation in your mind, what are you making up about you? You know, back to the conversation about the inner critic. What is your inner critic saying about you? And I would start there and just it's easier, I think, to kind of break it apart and just realize what you're doing. Cause sometimes when you do that, you're like, wow, this is kind of this is kind of nuts though.
1: Right. Well, and sometimes sometimes we can do something. Maybe we did do something that was kind of mm-hmm you know, off or not the way we would, you know, not the way we would have preferred or whatever. And so we're feeling kind of crappy about it. And so maybe the other person is like, so when she says like, how do you stop like turning it into a big deal or turning over it? So it might be, it might be that it was a small deal. And now, now we, like we, what we do is we turn it into a big deal. So to keep it from turning into a big deal, there's like these two phrases that I think can really help, which are like super easy and try it. But, oh, well, And so what? Uh So what? I mean, and it's not easy, but it's kind of like it can be another one of those like tools to help you try and stay not spinning out, not making up that story and getting that pleasure center, you know, uh, satisfied like you were talking about. And there's also, you know, the, the neuroscience, too, shows that we have a negativity bias. So we will our mind will like latch on. We could have, we could have like 25 great things happen in a day. And the one thing that we did wrong, we're going to, mm, we're going to pay attention to that. And so to have something to just go, Oh, you know what? Oh, well, oh, well, so what? It's, it's not sometimes like, it doesn't feel natural to say it because that's not where your, your inclination is, but like, just practice it and see if it could just like lower the feeling of escalation that's starting to happen. What do
0: you think of that? I like that. Yes. All of that. I didn't, I didn't know that about the negativity bias. Like, I, I I mean, it makes total sense, but I didn't know that there was research done around it. Yeah. It's amazing. It's it's kind of incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all. Everyone's done that. Like the job when you're, when you get a review. Yes, exactly. For improvement. (laughs)
1: Right. And meanwhile you you're getting like tens and high fives all over the place, but it's that one little place and that's uh-huh. the only thing you grind on. So also, I mean, I think I would, you know, just it's Stephanie, right? Yeah. Just like just know that your brain is like your brain's just doing what it does. Like yeah. it's your it's just it's your you're not bad, you're not wrong, you're not broken, it's just your brain doing what it does. It's latching onto that K, thinking, Mm, mmm, might be something there. Mm-hmm. Because part of it I think I i could be making part of this up, but I think that part of that negativity bias is, is because we're scanning for danger. We're right. scanning for danger. <laughs> scanning for danger, right? But that that K is not a saber toothed tiger, you know? It's just a K.
0: Yes. And I want to say one more thing before we close up about that is that I think that in today's culture, we hear advice and, you know, Disney songs about letting it go and we make up, like, I don't know about everybody else, but I kind of would like look around and I'm like, is it that easy? Is there some like, what is the secret that I, that no one's told me about? Where's this book? Mm -hmm. Like, where's this magical quote that's going to help me let it go? And I don't, think that there is one. I think it's about doing the work. I think it's about having self. It's all sorts of things. It's it's about having self-compassion, taking inventory of how you have behaved in that particular situation, you know, knowing that you handled yourself proud. You know, it's like, there's. I just don't think it's as easy as just letting it go I think there's a lot of different tools to be able to use but at the end of the day I think we're all human and we really really care about what other people think of us especially the people that we care about the most and I mean that could be a whole other episode but I think it's just part of the human experience is what I'm saying
1: yeah. And I think that it's, it is, it's not like you can just like flip a switch and all of a sudden have let it go. I think some of it is about making a choice. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm going to make a choice to let it go. It doesn't mean that you're going to be like, Oh, it's like instantaneous, but it's like, no, you know what? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to choose not to grind. So when the grind comes up, when the, you're like you know, you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna do that this time. So it, it can take some discipline. It can also be like building a muscle around it.
0: Yeah. Faux show, faux show. Well, this has been so fun. I love having these like literally magical coaching, life coaching 101 conversations. I don't know if I've ever had one.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I talk about this stuff all the time, but I just yeah. it's it I love hearing the tools from someone that I went to coaching school with and, and seeing how much, you know, we've both grown and evolved as coaches and it's really good stuff. I mean, for, for anyone that's listening, who's interested in getting their coaching certification, both Courtney and I, um, are graduates of the coaches training Institute and they are, it's just a great organization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And some, like a lot of the stuff we talked about was just kind of coaching one-on-one, but can really help. It's just like simple stuff that can really help. Yeah for sure.
0: And for those of you that would like to know Courtney more, she's over at yourrecoveredlife.com. And you were my very first guest on my recovery series. So yeah, I will, I will yeah. link up to that in the show notes so everybody can get to know you more. And until next time, everyone, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye. Bye.